Welcome back to The Crease, the number one hockey show that you should be watching is right here. We talk everything hockey, NHL, minor leagues, everything like that. We're talking about it right here on The House Call Crease. I got my man Ian with me here. We're about to go over some major, major extensions in the NHL right now as well. Some key injuries, some trades that have been happening, and maybe a, a brawl or two that didn't happen on the ice. Yeah, it's all here today on the crease. So let's get right into it, Ian. We have obviously seen a plethora of extensions, all right? The Cavs extended Dylan Strome and Sony Milano. The Islanders, just who just traded for Bo Horvat, they just extended him. The Sabres extend Dylan Cousins. Leaves extend Connor Timmons. It's just an entire, like, everyone's making moves, making trades, sign appeal to extensions, you know, trying to find some flexibility here in the cap, trying to make sure they lock key players up. But let's go ahead and start with the Caps, right? Let's start with the Capitals. They extend Dylan Strom and Sony Milano. Strom gets five years, $5 million per. Milano gets three years, $1.9 million per. Do you like these extensions for the Caps? I do. The Strom signing just uh, shores up their center depth. They get a third center. They've got Nicholas Backstrom back recently. He was out long-term with a hip resurfacing surgery. Uh, which many questioned if he'd ever play again, which is the reason they went out and got Strom in the first place. Dylan Strom was a former third overall pick, hasn't really lived up to expectations, but he's been good for the Capitals this year. So having him as a third line, bottom six, or top nine depth piece, I think that's a really good signing for them. And moving on to Sonny Milano, again, depth player, uh, acquired in the offseason from the Anaheim Ducks on a professional tryout offer. Uh, Capital saw enough good in him, and I watched him today. He looked decent for him, didn't look out of place. Just another player that in the right position, in the right situation, uh, looks like a good signing. Not for too long either, not too expensive. So I really do like these deals that the Capitals got. Keep trying yeah, to get the window get the open. Tag. Yeah, they definitely get the price tag low. They're definitely trying to get just squeeze every little bit of juice <clears> they possibly can out of that roster. And like you said, I mean, you know, it's good to have depth. A lot of the greatest teams that make the runs, they may not have the best players, they may not have the most talent, but the depth will get you there. That's how it is in a lot of sports. You have to have the guys on the bench who can step up in key situations and they may not play great minutes all the time. They may not be at the top in the points or top in goals or anything else, but the good depth pieces, they will get you a good deep playoff run. So let's go ahead and move on here. We're going to go ahead and talk about the Islanders extending Bo Horvat. Now I know that we had discussed off of, you know, the podcast and in the chat and everything like that about how uh, it was this trade really to keep him on the Islanders. Were they trying to move him to get some more pieces? What exactly were they planning on doing with Bo Horvat? Well, right now it looks like they're planning to lock him up for a long period of time. And that is even with the GM coming out and saying, it's too, it's too many years and too much money. Like why, why would we commit that much to this guy? I mean, it's essentially, and for the GM to say that, I mean, it's usually usually your general manager's making the play, player decisions, right? He's, he's doing these things, you know? That's his job. So the fact that your GM comes out and says something about something that probably should have been his job to stop or to prevent if he felt it was what he said it was, which is too much money in too many years, I mean, it just seems like a dysfunctional thing to have happen when you're trying to make a playoff push, and that's the whole reason you got Bo Horvat. You obviously think he's good enough to improve your roster, and then you come out and say, oh, he's good, but he's not $8 million, eight million a year, eight years good. You know? He's not 60. Yeah. He's not, it just doesn't make any sense to me. He's not $64 million good over eight years. It's just not worth it to me. 
well, you traded for him. So obviously you think it is. You obviously signed him to the contract. So obviously you think it is. So you, I don't understand the, the the comment. I don't understand him coming out and saying that. It makes no sense to me. Does, I mean, does it make sense to you? Uh, No. To put it short, simply, no. Uh, Lou Lamorello, I mean, a lot of people around the NHL thought the contract was a little too long. But uh, you made the contract, Lou. You're stuck with it. Um, I don't see if they want to trade it. I don't see how they can. They've locked it up long-term. Big money with this cap-strapped as teams are around the league. They're not going to be able to move that contract. Now, Bo Horvat's a very solid player. Was the heart and soul of the Canucks for a very long time. Almost 10 years now. It's been a while. Lou Lamorello, general manager of the Islanders. Uh, I think he believes what we all think about Horvat. If you paid attention, he is having me. He's having his best career season so far. Um, he's a plus 30 goal scorer, maybe hits 40 this year. And um, I just think there's a lot of risk to that because you don't know what Horvat's going to be eight years down the line. You don't even know if he's going to be playing for eight more years. Uh, injuries yeah. could take a toll on him. Uh, luckily, it's not one of those 13-year, 15-year, 17-year contracts. Uh, looking at you, New Jersey. That you tried to sign somebody to, you can't sign those anymore, so it won't be a cap recapture penalty. Um, but I mean, for Horvat, um, they're looking to win now, and this just shows that they're looking to win now with their pieces. They got their number two center to play behind Barzell. Recently, they've been playing Barzell and Horvat on the same line, so and they look competitive. They look very competitive recently, and uh, just look for them going forward. But this is one of the bigger gambles that I've seen around the NHL recently. And if they don't win a cup, it might blow up in their face, given the assets that they gave up. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is the thing. He has made instant impact in that lineup. I mean, the first thing you saw after the Islanders traded for him, the first games he played, it was all Horvat headlines, him doing this, him doing that, him winning these games, you know, getting these goals, doing the things that they ultimately brought him in to do. So, I mean, from a from a play-on-the-ice standpoint, so far, it looks like a win for them. I mean, they, got, they wanted to go get a guy that was going to be a bona fide playmaker for him, and so far, that's what he's done. The guy has gone out and skated his heart out, and like you said, it's his career year right now. Obviously, you know, eight years for a guy who's already been in the, in the league for 10, that's a bit of a length of time there. I mean, hockey is a rough-and-tumble game. You, I mean, These guys are the toughest of the toughest. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Hockey athletes, the guys who are out there on the ice skating and everything like that, I I watch NFL, I watch basketball. These guys are gritty and tough. Like they're just built different. All right. And and I've seen some massive hits, right? I grew up in the in the in the you could launch at people in the NFL, and I still have seen like scarier hits in hockey. Now, granted, these guys are wrapped in pads, but either way, it's insane. These guys are moving out there, they're cooking around. But eight year, 18 years in a league like this, it does seem a little bit too long. And I think that, you know, like you said, everyone around the league was kind of thinking it. He just said it out loud. And it's unfortunate that he happens to say it out loud for a deal that he ultimately presented. Is <laughs> kind of how I feel about it. But, yeah, if it doesn't work out for the Islanders and they don't make a run, this is definitely going to be something that we're going to look back at and – it's, I mean, wouldn't be surprised to see an ESPN 30 for 30 on it if, it if it ends up blowing up in their face. But let's go ahead and move on to the Sabres. Obviously, the Sabres, as we mentioned already, Dylan Cousins, mm. uh, seven years, $7.1 million. And it's kind of like a Bo Horvat contract. This is a Bo Horvat esque contract. You know, uh, money equals years, you know, $7.1 million per 
for seven years, 8.5 million per for eight years. I mean, it's kind of on the same level for duration and amount of money paid. Uh, you know, do you think the Sabres overpaid for, for Dylan Cousins? I don't. If you look at it at the surface, it is a similar contract to the Bo Horvat contract, except that Cousins, I believe, is six years younger. Cousins is in his early 20s, whereas Horvat is about to enter his 30s. So a guy like Cousins, who is a solid number two center, I'd say an excellent number two center, could push for a number one center job if he wasn't playing on the same team as like a Tage Thompson. Um he would be he would excel in that role. Cousins plays on a very young Sabres team. That Sabre uh, general manager Kevin Adams is trying to lock that core down with Thompson, Darlene, Cousins, uh, Uko Pekalukinen, and Owen Power, and some other young pieces coming in. So to sign Cousins, that's a pretty team friendly contract, I'd say, for a guy of his caliber, a guy who hasn't entered his prime yet, and just uh, you look at that team; they've got some good other young pieces like Jack Quinn, like J.J. Paterka, and uh, underrated guy Matias Samuelson. So to start getting that core locked up down the future, a team that can get you into the playoffs where you haven't been in a decade, longest drought in NHL history, looking to break that this year, um, it's looking like it's starting to turn around and they want to get these guys locked in long term, see where it goes. I mean, it makes sense. You talk about some of the best teams that have been, or like the most sustainable teams that have been in hockey, you know, how how, how the Bruins have sustained excellence and playoff runs and done all these things with the core that they've had, you know, the the Marchand and, and the Pasternak and the, the Bergeron and these guys, you know, and then Chara, you know, before he left, obviously, and ended up retiring. Uh, that's what they did. You get guys in, you build the core, and, you know, understanding like how everything works right like having that second nature with a line you really don't understand how hard it is to plug and play and and know what your guy the guy next to you is going to do on a on you know on the on defensive side of the ice on the offensive side of the ice know where they're going to be what are their tendencies right get get a rapport with them get familiar with them and to lock up a young core that is playing really well that has a lot of upside to them that is entering their prime together. They've been playing together on the ice. They understand each other. It's actually a really, really good plant team building thing, right? It is a really good idea, especially if the talent is there that is equal to this, this contract. So I'm with you. I think this is actually a better deal than the Horvat uh, deal is. And honestly, you know, if you had rotated him, Horvat got seven for 7.1 and Cousins got eight for eight and a half, I would still think the Cousins deal is better. I really do think that locking up young talent in a line with other young talent to try to make something special, that is where a lot of teams make these mistakes. They try to get like, you know, just get a great, great skater, a great puck handler, a guy who's going to give you a lot of goals and a lot of points and just throw them on the team. And, hey, we have all this other talent figured out. And it doesn't always work that way. We see it in all kinds of sports. You can't just plug talent in and expect it to work. These things have to be take time to mesh and mold. And I think the only thing I can really compare it to, you know, is basketball in that situation. You think about, like, the Miami Heat. They plugged three superstars in and didn't go to the finals the first time. You know, like, you look at, like, how hockey is. You got five, you got these guys on the ice, and they're going at it. And they're moving substantially faster. You have to know exactly where someone's going to be. And if they don't do something that you think they're going to do, you're out of position, you're off sides, you're turning the puck over in the neutral zone or even worse, you know, in, in your own zone. And all of a sudden, you know, it's because you someone did something that you thought they were you know, opposite of what you thought they were going to do. So locking up a young core, letting them play together 100%. 
on board with what the Sabres are doing right now with that team. Let's go ahead and move on. The Leafs extend Connor Timmins two years, $1.1 million. Obviously, out of all the extensions we've talked about, the Milano extension and, and the Timmins extension are the lower lower side and money and years total for these extensions. But how do you feel about the Leafs extending Connor Timmins? Good contract. It's not too long. Timmins is a good depth defenseman. That's what Toronto is trying to do. They have their core pieces in place. They're trying to shore up their depth. And I think Timmins is a very good five or six, maybe even seventh defenseman for them. Um, and he just fills a need. He's very physical, very good in his own end. He's a very defensively responsible player. And that's what the Leafs need to pair up with a guy like Mark Giordano so that he doesn't have uh, the workload that he does. Uh, Timmons, they got him from, in a trade from Arizona. They wanted to extend him quickly, and they did that. So I think the Toronto Maple Leafs accomplished their goal here, and I think they're going going to be pretty happy with it yeah i mean like you said it's it's once again a similar to a horvat sort of situation you get a guy who you obviously think provides something to your team in a trade and you obviously like what you see early in that trade and you lock him up for a little bit longer to get some more eyes on him get more ice time and make sure he's locked up for a depth position and we've already mentioned it depth on in hockey is extremely important extremely gotta have it gotta have it there is no if ands or buts about it all right you cannot have just one great line and everything else be dog shit it's not how hockey works gotta roll right? four gotta roll gotta four roll. lines you have to and each line has to be able to pick up the slack in a moment's notice right if you're if your first line is not doing it you better hope your second God. line's got to jump in and do it third line's got to jump in yeah, so and getting depth is an important thing. And obviously, like I said, everyone's gearing up. We got the trade deadline coming here in a few weeks. We'll be hitting that on another episode. But it is clear that everyone's gearing up for what is going to be a playoff push. And the Leafs are no exception. So I want to talk about something before we get into uh, the brawls between the Lightning's fan and the Predators uh, mascot and the Stars, Stars brawls in the stands there. And we talked last episode about how important establishing hockey and communities in small, small market areas and things like that is to grow the sport. And I didn't know if you saw this or not. It was on ESPN and it, it kind of hit me a little close to home. Cause this is, this is the area I grew up in. All right. I grew up like 30 minutes from the city. I'm about to name this is and happens in Danville, Illinois. It's a small, small town. I wouldn't even really call it a city, right? It's, it's a bigger town, not really quite a city. But they have had a history of minor league hockey teams. And in all of my watching sports, being a sports fan, I have never once seen a team that sold tickets to a game, a home game no less, and only one player, no coaches, no training staff showed up to the game. They had dropped 13 of their last 16, if I remember correctly. And the only person that showed up on that team was the captain. They're, they have, this, this area has had multiple teams go through it, and multiple teams have tanked. They have folded, and it looks like this is just another example of poor ownership, poor planning, and poor construction that is ultimately hurting the sport of hockey. 
And what sucks is it happened in an area that I lived in. And I'll tell you that the advertisement and the public, the, the publicity for this team and everything like that was so minuscule that I didn't even know they existed for the 15 years I lived there. None of the teams. There were five teams, I believe, that, that operated in this stadium, in this arena, in this in the in the minor league that this same team operates in, and I knew nothing about any of them. Not, not, not a commercial for tickets, wow. not a flyer, not a generalistic email and people in nothing. Not even a damn Facebook post. No idea. And now it's gotten to the point where they're not even showing up for their own games. And here's the thing. Members of this organization have already said, like, we could tell this was coming. We knew they weren't going to do this. We knew the team would fold. I doubt they make it to the end of the year. All these things. And these are people that are no longer with the organization because they saw – behind the curtain how bad things were and now this happens and the funny thing is they're still selling tickets to more home and away games and they're not even sure they're going to show up so you're like you're done you've you've already cashed in because you've you've you know you've betrayed the trust of the fans you've betrayed the trust of the area they're never going to come watch you again you're going to have the only way you get more fans in the stands is if you change the hockey team you have to change the name of it and, and show, present it as a new product because it's done. It's over. And, and the funny thing is the team that they were facing came into the area specifically for this game, traveled, you know, however far they had to travel and saw they didn't even know they were going to show up. They were on the line waiting. No one came out except for the cat. Wow. And so, you know what they did? And this is the classest act about this entire story, right? This is this is the highest of highest class you could possibly have. The away team invited the fans who had shown up to the game for a free skate with the players. Took them out on the ice. Wow. The away team did that. That's what I'm talking about. Though that's the kind of thing that establishes hockey in a kid's mind forever. And it mm-hmm. sucks that it had to happen in such a situation where they came to see a hockey game and all they got to do is skate with some hockey players. At least they got that. At least they got that. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. I, I, I normally I preempt you on all the topics. This one's been burning me in the back of the head. I had forgot about it till right now, and I started thinking about it. And honestly, I had to talk about it. It is a big deal. Hockey and sports in general. Like imagine if a minor league baseball team did that. Or a minor league football team, anything like that. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. Unpaid news. But hockey's such a small sport and has such a niche sport that we've spoken about that that all it got was an article, not even front page news, just an article because it was a minor league team in Midwest Podunk, Illinois, that no one gave a shit about. Yeah. Except for the people that may have showed up or bought the tickets for that game. Out of my mind. But. Let's go ahead and get into these brawls. Obviously, you're a Dallas Stars fan. You you lost are... a bet today, so lost I had to wear this. We <laughs> lost to Tampa, so I had to wear this. Uh, I don't yeah. mind it though. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a nice looking jersey. You can't complain. Yeah. It's not. It's not too bad. They're my I mean, second favorite team. I wasn't too upset about it, but I was like, dang it, I can't wear my Stars stuff. But anyhow, yeah. you were saying. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, but so it's funny. Because everyone's seen this video. It's been going around. It's been going around. 
there's this Dallas Stars fan. He's in his hoodie. He's got the mullet kind of thing going on. He looks like your typical freaking, you know, country bumpkin. But he's at the Stars game. And, and I'm not sure what he was thinking. But he was turns he turns around at some point in time and starts arguing with another Stars fan who is an older gentleman uh, in comparison. I would say this kid was probably in his late teens, early 20s. The person he's arguing is probably in his mid-30s to early 40s. And he says something to him. And the older gentleman who did not throw the fastest punch I have ever seen. No. It, it, was, it was exactly the kind of punch that you would expect someone who'd been drinking a few beers and, and takes a little bit to get some momentum going. Just smokes this kid in the face. And then out of nowhere, I didn't even see this girl in the frame. She comes up and starts attacking the guy who's hitting. hitting this, this it's just it, full anarchy. In, in the stands for the Dallas Stars game. But, Ian, this is your team. These are, unfortunately, your people. How did this make you feel, man? I was so mad I had to laugh. Because, <laughs> honestly, like, I saw the kid on uh, TNT. He was on TV earlier that night on the TNT broadcast. This was on national television, mind you. This game was. And, uh... This kid was on the was on TNT. Later that night, he's him and his girlfriend, the girl that came and attacked the dude was his girlfriend. They were just going around stealing seats, and uh, fans didn't like it. Uh, so this kid decided to be an instigator. And uh, first off, you're instigating everybody when you have that awful haircut. I don't know if you were trying to be a meth dealer or a country or a cowboy. Probably a little bit of both with that. But I mean, just. First off, I had to roast him on that. If I had scissors and I'd been there, I would have cut it off myself. And uh, secondly, like, I don't really feel it's acceptable for anybody to say it, but, like, as a white person, as a white person, you cannot go around calling people the N-word in that kind of a I don't think that. Yeah, for sure. You can't. Uh, like, <laughs> it's just, it's not acceptable. Like, uh... So for him to go up and say that, what was he? Th- what was he expecting? You can't say that. You can't go around stealing people's seats, expecting them not to get mad. And this guy, it took three business days for his punch to get there, and it still dropped him. Like yeah. this kid's got to be embarrassed. Like he's got to be in hiding right now. That's so too embarrassing. Dumb to, too dumb to be embarrassed. It's too dumb to and be embarrassed. As a star, if he, like, he would have been embarrassed, he wouldn't have done the things he was doing. There is I no. Know. There is no way this man has even enough sense to realize the embarrassment he's caused himself and the people that know him. There's no way. Mm-mm. And like well, you said, this punch took forever. And you know what the problem is? Is that not enough people get hit. And if you're a hockey fan, like, you see the hits out there. There are – most of the people in the stands, like, like hockey, probably maybe play, you know, at the, at the rink with their buddies or something like that, you know. I've never been to a hockey game where I've looked around at people like, hey, these are, these are the people I want to try and fight. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm not feeling that, man, and, and and it just doesn't make any sense. But people don't get hit enough for the dumb shit they do. I know that's my, that's my, because obviously, if this guy thought there was even a chance he would get his face bashed in, he doesn't do any of the shit he did. No, he honestly believed there were no repercussions for his actions, and he was just going to go about and do it. He was like, "Oh, what's the worst that happens? You get your ass beat on national television. That's the worst that happens." 
Exactly. This, this, is the, this is the best ass beating, most deserving ass beating I've seen since I saw the the what was it the uh, the spike tee, the hard tee. <laughs> Street I haven't seen Street. that one, but I need to. You see that one? Oh my I god, I can't remember that. what it is. It's it's a uh, it's twisted tea. It was a twisted tea can. This guy was at his gas station, and it almost this guy was probably his relative because it looked just like him, bro. Walks in, he starts yelling at this dude. And I don't. I'm not even gonna get, like even try to say what he was saying or, or give any reference to what he was saying, but he's basically talking shit to this dude and like try to cut them in line and do all this other stuff. And this dude was like, hey, you know, you gotta wait your turn to shit. He started getting in his face, and he took that 20 ounce twisted tea can and smoked that. <laughs> with it bro and this is like literally literally that is the kind of thing bro like you yeah just don't think that they're ever going to have any repercussions for their actions and in all honesty if i'm at a sports event right especially a pro sports game or any any pro sports event right i know what the tickets cost for for glass seats all right mm. stars I'm are not a bad seat I've stars sat in those seats too. They're great seats. Like yeah. everybody wants are, one. Yeah. The stars are not a bad team, okay? Which means those tickets are probably eighty dollars, probably more like a hundred and some odd dollars per seat. It's a little more expensive than that. I've seen the prices. Yeah, it's surprising. Dallas is a pretty bougie part of the fucking state, so it doesn't surprise me at all. But this is true. At the same time, if you were going to take someone's seat at a professional sports game. Especially if it is courtside, glass, you know, right on the wall, or a third baseline, first row of a baseball game, you know, sideline, 50-yard line, home bench, whatever it may be. You are stealing money from that person because they paid money to sit and have those seats. If you don't have the money to sit there, you don't sit there. And if you think that someone's not going to beat your ass over 200, 160 plus dollars, allow me to introduce you. Yeah, $500. Let me introduce you to this guy right here because I would beat your ass for substantially less because stealing for me is not a good idea. All right. I don't, I don't take kindly to it. And guess what? These people also didn't take kindly to it. And what made it just icing on top is this guy had the audacity to look up in the eyes and talk shit to them and say things he shouldn't say regardless of complexion. And then he you got his don't ass. Say a, like you're don't already, say racist. You've already, exactly. You've already made the guy mad enough as it is. Don't say a racial slur to him. It doesn't matter who he is. Any sense, but either way. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, this guy got what he had coming to him and let it be a lesson for all you other people out there that think that you can steal people's seats and say shit you shouldn't be saying and not, and get away with it without any repercussions because there are people out there who were literally the, 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 the fuck around and find out scale. That shit is perfect mm-hmm. for them. There is no, there's no gray in that line. It's purely black and white. Just you fuck around, you find out. And that was that guy. Especially at a hockey game where you won't get kicked out for stuff like that. Like, you can get in a fight, and a lot of times you won't get kicked out for stuff like that. Especially with what we saw in Florida the other day with when a Lightning fan decided to attack a mascot. I was going to segue to it. You, got, you beat me there. So, obviously, I have not seen anything like this ever. But how awesome is that? Like, like, from a mascot standpoint, to, to, if you're just there in the stands, 
and you're watching the hockey game and you look over and you see the mascot of one of the teams is just brawling with this this drunkard and you I mean I don't know what I'd be able to watch I'd, I'd be I'd be like <laughs> that's where my attention would be it'd be right there the entire time I wouldn't even care was like even if I was on the ice playing hockey I would stop the game we gotta we gotta watch we gotta watch this we'll pick this back yeah. up in a second refs just, just call a timeout I gotta watch this just let us watch this this is entertaining oh, we're already down we're already down seven one anyway out of a movie like this is something out of a movie like this yeah. is a, this is this is a sports comedy that you know the mascot's like talking shit and the guy's like what did you see or like all that sort of stuff right like i haven't like this is as funny as happy gilmore fighting bob barker for me like Honestly. like that's the kind of thing that i need in my life more of and i it, not that i want to see mascots fight fans However, one of my okay segue. One of the favorite things I like to watch is the Pee Wee football versus NFL mascots. Oh, regardless of what you think about NFL mascots, those are grown fucking men in those suits and they're beating the shit out of kids. And I love every single. It's so funny, I but I feel bad for the kids because they just showed up like we want to play on TV, and then you get steamrolled. And it's it's tragic, but at the same time, it's also kind of funny. And that's kind of what happened here. Calling it a fight might be a stretch. I mean, imagine a Florida man attacking a mascot. Sounds crazy, right? But anyway. That that is a CNN tracker, dude, right across the bottom. Florida man attacks mascot. I mean, to call it a fight would be a stretch. The Tampa fan had the Panthers mascot, had the jersey over his head, and had him bent over a railing yelling, you suck, big rat, to him, and everybody heard it that – his handler was just standing there. He didn't know what to do. The usher was standing there. And this guy is just attacking this mascot. And I just, I couldn't help but laugh. I felt bad for the mascot because I don't know. That's what it looks like. Like. Exactly. That's what it looks like right there. Florida Man fights mascot. It's right there it's at the bottom of the local too. news channel, bro. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it so much. But Exactly. Uh, it's it's things like that is why I'm so glad social media exists because like you just get to watch it live and then you can just like oh did you guys see it last night and they're like no dude check it out and everyone gets to see it yeah. same thing about that kid getting his ass beat at the Dallas game it's like dude check it out <laughs> this is that, what happens when you I was drown. just dying every meme page I I follow like spitting chicklets meme put a thing out for the Dallas fan and then this so. Yeah, I mean, I just, well, it's funny, too. You think about it, like, I think the Spit and Chicklins one was uh, how it started and him on national TV outside of the, the thing and then how it's going to hero, Die a hero <laughs> or live long enough to become a villain. Yeah, exactly. That, was, oh, man. that had me cracked up. That had me Bro, cracked up. Speaking of heroes, Dustin Brown is being honored by the Kings. He's getting a statue out front of Crypto.com Arena. And his number retired. And he joins Gretzky and Robitaille as the only hockey statues outside of that that stadium. And we talked about it before we went live on here. This is probably like he was he was not expecting it. There the NHL did a whole article. They interviewed him about it, everything like that. He was like, I didn't think I deserved it. I, I didn't think I had been there with those. Like I was on that level. I didn't think that this was going to happen. Like, and, and Robitaille sat him down. It was like, listen, you did something 
that Gretzky and I didn't do here. And we have statues out front. You're getting a statue out front. And so now he's out there, you know, obviously a key component to them winning the 2012 Stanley, you know, longtime captain of that team, obviously deserved exactly what he got. And this is the kind of stuff that I love sports for, right? I love to see these type of things happen to the people who made something special where they played. And this is just another example of that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Dustin Brown, him saying, I didn't deserve that. It shows the kind of character he has very humble leader on the ice. And he was well-liked in the locker room too. He was last year. He wasn't the captain of the team last year, but in his last regular season game, his uh, line mate and fellow teammate for those cups Andre Kopitar, he's now the current captain, but he gave Dustin Brown the captaincy back for one game because he knew this would be Brown's last regular season game in Crypto Arena. So for him to do that, it just shows the respect Brown built with that team. Brown was on the team from, uh, I believe, since 2003. Uh, Great player, great goal scorer. The offense you kind of got from him was kind of a bonus, to be honest with you. He was never put in a scoring role, but in 2012, uh, he was the captain, and he led the team in goals. He was tied in goals with Andrzej Kopitar on the way to the Kings winning the Stanley Cup and what's I'd consider the greatest run of all time, especially considering that Kings team was an eighth seed, and they no eighth seed had ever won a Stanley Cup before. And so for him to do that, especially the way they did, they went 16-4 and four, on the way to the cup and it really should have been 16 and two i'd argue they could have won every game that in that playoff run they were that dominant um so for them to give him a statue and to retire his number i think it's absolutely deserved he's the longest tenured captain in franchise history won a cup uh brought a cup to the kings um something something that they'd never that had never been done before he was the first one robitaille and gretzky won their cups elsewhere gretzky got into a final um, Gretzky and Robitaille got him to a final. They didn't win it. Uh, so for Brown to do that, Brown to be a part of that and be a major contributor to both, I think he 100% deserves a statue. And I think when, uh, alongside him, I think when Kopitar, uh, Drew Doughty, and Jonathan Quick all retire, they'll get statues next to him, and all those numbers will be retired. That entire group of Kings players especially Brown just deserves to have that form. And that's, that's my opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. Like I said, I love these, these are the kind of like storybook endings that you, you really want for players who deserve it. And, and, and the guys that, you know, have done something special or really brought something special to a fan base and to a team that hadn't had it happen before. Like you said, they had been to the finals. They just couldn't get over the hump. And a lot, apparently, you know, obviously the owners, uh, Robitaille, Gretzky, all these guys look at what Brown did and they credit him for finally getting them a Stanley Cup. I mean, they, they, they give that to him. And that's the kind of honor that, you know, you receive when you are the kind of guy that you described, you know, the you know, great guy in the locker room, great leader, you know, great hockey player, obviously cannot be happier for Dylan Brown and the whole Kings organization, as well as the fans who get, get a chance to see a statue of a guy who brought them a Stanley cup and is going to be immortalized in, you know, King's history. But another guy who's broken some history recently, and I know what you're going to say, right? This is it's combined goals. 
it's all this, it's all that. He didn't do it in the NHL. It doesn't really count. It is a lot of goals to score. All right? Jaeger has broken Wayne Gretzky's combined goal with his 1,099th goal. Wow. Just a few days. It's four, it, it, as of recording of this video, it's four days before his 51st birthday, and this guy is still hitting the back of the net. All right? Yeah. He's still going glove side, all right? He's still beating the pad blocks, okay? This is the kind of thing that just does not happen, and I don't care where he's doing it at. The fact he's still playing professional hockey in some capacity and putting pucks in nets, that is incredible at 51 years old. To have scored that many goals is outlandish. That is insane, and I do not know if we'll ever see someone score that many goals again. I don't know. Honestly, Ovechkin might be the only one. Yager, Yarmir Yager, very special talent throughout his career, had one of the longest careers I've ever seen. He's up there with Gordie Howe for sure. Um, drafted in 1990, this man was drafted when the Soviet Union still existed. Long time ago, and now he's almost 51 years old. He's still scoring at a high level for the club he owns in, Czech, in the Czech Republic. I think he left the NHL uh, – four, five years ago. It hasn't been that long. So for him to be doing this, he said publicly the main reason he was still playing is because if he didn't, he believes the club would go bankrupt, and it's been in his family for a long time. So he's doing his due diligence to them, so I feel like it kind of shows some of his character. Yager's one of the best players that ever came through the NHL. Um, one of the best I'd argue the best European player of all time. Um, probably just, when you look at the tape, so dominant, so fast, so big. His best goal was probably in the 1992 Stanley Cup final against Chicago, where he deked through four players, four or five players, and then scored a goal. Um, that showed the kind of player he was. And when you play on a team with another great like Mario Lemieux, be his line mate, it certainly helped. But I feel like as much as Mario helped elevate Yarmir Yager, I feel like Yager helped ele elevate Lemieux. So overall, great player, great career, still going on. I feel like he's 100% a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'd even argue you waive the five-year wait and put him in yeah. as soon as he retires. This dude's incredible. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame. So... You have to factor all of his goals throughout his career in, regardless of NHL, international, or overseas. All pro hockey. Exactly. Pro hockey. And that's why it's a big deal. I mean, you know, and it wasn't like a huge headline. He didn't get, you know, an ESPN, you know, breaking news alert or anything like that. It wasn't anything like that. It was, you know, he just scored his 1,099th goal. No big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely outstanding. I, I, to be able to do what you love or, you know, just, just play at a sport professionally at a high level, twice the age of some of the people on the ice or over twice the age of some of the people on the ice. Some people haven't even been born yet when you started your career. Yeah. And you're out there doing things that, they're trying to do 
you know, or, or, or you're on pace with him, on par with him. That's incredible. And like you said, I think they should waive whatever year restrictions they have to waive. This man should be the day he retires. Don't even like wait for the Hall of Fame vote. Just hold the ceremony right then, because this is a big deal, and it needs to be addressed more in the hockey. Just, just everywhere. Hockey world needs to give this man his flowers because I don't care what you think about anything hockey related. If you don't just take a minute and respect the fact this man is like one more goal away from 1100 goals <laughs> at 51 years old, he could score his 1100th goal. Okay. Shows kind of career That's, sad. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. And he just wild. But now let's get into something that I've been waiting to talk about. Obviously, trade deadline's coming up. Teams are making moves already. You know, no one's really waiting for the trade deadline. You know, it's not like what we saw in basketball this week where their my phone just did not stop blowing up. Hockey world waits for nothing. They are going after teams are going after for the people they want. They're getting people locked up that they need to lock up. They're doing things right now. And the Rangers are no exception. They have acquired Tarasenko from the Blues. And obviously, this is another move with the eyes on the playoffs and a Stanley Cup run. They were not going to be outdone by the Islanders. And uh, I actually kind of like this move. I think Tarasenko, I, it's going to be strange for me. Because every, all my, I, I know multiple St. Louis Blues fans. All right? Multiple Blues fans. And every single one of them has a Tarasenko jersey. <laughs> and so I like if there was ever a name that I knew more than any Bruins player when I first started getting into hockey, it was Tarasenko. <laughs> and now he is not in that St. Louis Blues uniform anymore. He's he's a Ranger. This is a big move. I feel like this is a big move and it's starting to see the changing of the guard. Some of these, you know, household names for some of these franchises are getting shipped out and Tarasenko is just the latest casualty to that. I mean, like I said, Bo, Hor- Bo-, Bo-, uh, uh, Bo Horvat, 10 years with the Canucks shipped to the Islanders. Tarasenko been with the blues for as long as I can remember. Now he's, now he's a Ranger and you know, it's just a big deal, but I, do you like the move of the Rangers here getting Tarasenko? I do Tarasenko. Um, I think he'll excel in a support role. In St. Louis, he was expected to be the guy, and he just wasn't this year. So I believe they'll play him on a line with Artemi Panarin. Those two are really close friends, um, and I think he'll thrive. Panarin's a pure passer. Tarasenko's a pure goal scorer. It should work, and it worked last night. He scored a goal in his – he scored the first goal of the game in his Rangers debut in the first period. So, I mean, I like – I like the move for the Rangers. Um, I feel like part of this stemmed from their impatience with waiting on Patrick Kane um, because originally it was supposed to be Kane going to the Rangers and Kane just couldn't make up his mind whether he wanted to stay in Chicago or move. So I think this takes uh, the Rangers out of the running for Kane. I think the front runner that I've seen uh, out of most news sources like uh, Sarah Velli and Elliot Friedman is that if the Chicago Blackhawks do decide to part ways with Patrick Kane and Patrick Kane decides to leave, that the Dallas Stars are going to be the 
uh, main team on him. I think they're the front runners for him as well. Wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Islanders acquired him. Wouldn't also be surprised to say, um, trying to think of somebody. It wouldn't shock me if the Kings were in on Kane too, but I think watch out for the Stars, Islanders, and Kings moving forward. Uh, back to Tarasenko, good player, good goal scorer. He's kind of what the Rangers need. And uh, let's see where it goes from here. I'm excited for it. Eastern Conference just got more loaded. Oh, yeah. It's definitely getting uh, getting packed in there. It's, it's getting a little tight. But, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I love the move. Uh, Tarasenko, like you said, the guy just happens to find the back of the net consistently. And he's, he's just outstanding at what he does. And having him on a line, like you said, with, with, with pure passers and people that can get him in space and, and get him the puck where he needs the puck, that's going to really help him out a lot. And like you said, it was a, it was a down year for Tarasenko. Blues are obviously looking at it like, you know, hey, rather sell him early than sell him late. So that's what happened. And it's funny you brought up Kane because all the, the, the news swirling about Kane and his no trade clause and all these other things, if he, had, he came out and said he was disappointed, he was disappointed that the Rangers went out and got Tarasenko and because he was for sure, like he, the way he he says it, based on all the articles I've read and everything else and all the statements he's made, was that he felt that the Rangers were the best place for him and he was very excited to go and play for the Rangers in New York. And it's like, if you were that excited about it, why didn't you waive the no trade? Exactly. Why didn't, You would be there right now. And no one's going to wait for you, bro. What you think that on the, the 15th at 1.59 p.m. Central Standard Time, since you're in Illinois, that you would just wave your no trade and it would get worked out in 60 seconds and you'd be on your way to, to New York? Is that what you thought was going to happen? Because that's not how this works. Mm-mm. No one, Still a business. It, yeah. It's, it's, people are they're, – think of it any any job, right? Any job. You walk in. And they sit you down, right? This may be a little old school because they really just do phone and, and Skype and fucking Zoom interviews now. But you would literally go sit in a lobby with, like, everyone who's interviewing for jobs at this company. And you would go up there and you kill the interview, right? They want you. You want to join the job. And you go, well, let me think about it for a little bit. And they go, well, hey, we have other interests, you, you were just in the lobby. You know there's other people out there, right? And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you just don't don't say anything. You don't come back. And then you find out that the job is hired. And you're like, oh, my God. They hired someone for it? I'm disappointed. I really wanted that job. That sucks. I was excited oh, cool. to work there. Were you, though? Because clearly, if you were, you'd already been. Doesn't show so, it. Didn't show it. Yeah, so obviously the Rangers not. just got The Rangers just got fed up waiting and said, we'll go. We'll take our ball and go elsewhere. And they went out and yeah. got Tarasenko. And honestly, to me, I know Tarasenko's having a down year, but so I kind of like I I kind of like Tarasenko more than I like Kane. I mean, that's just that's me, you know. And I, and then again, like you know, I do have some 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 grudges against the Blackhawks, you know, as a, as a Bruins fan. So <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I'm holding a little bit of a grudge there. But at the Great same series. time, like, yeah. It, it, it is what it is. I, I, I kind of think that the Tarasenko trade for the Rangers is a better deal. And I think they got a better, you know, a better fit for what they really needed. And I think that they're a better hockey team with Tarasenko than they would have been if they had gotten Patrick Kane. So, I Maybe mean, that, as much as, much as it is, that's just how I feel about it. 
Maybe they are, maybe they're not. We'll see if Kane gets dealt at the deadline. I'm excited to see it. Um, I think March 4th or March 3rd's the deadline. Um, so we'll see where everybody ends up. Um, watch for names like Kane, Matt Dumba again. Matt Dumba's been supposed to be traded for like a decade, for like five years now. <laughs> Something ridiculous. Um, watch him stay in Minnesota again. But uh, yeah, I mean, just watch for those. Blackhawks look to be sellers. I mean, there's a lot of Taves sellers is probably out there gone right too. now. Taves oh, yeah. is probably gone too after this season. Yeah, it would not surprise me to see the Blackhawks be full sellers. Obviously, you know, there's some no trades in there that we got to look out for. But I am expecting, based on what I've seen in the weeks leading up to the trade deadline, nothing short of just a spectacular hockey trade deadline. And if it's not, we'll slow this down and we'll put the little gray screen over and go and just put a little thing underneath that says it was not an exciting hockey trade deadline. And that's how we'll we'll end the next video. (laughs) I hope it's not. I Uh, hope it is, though. I hope it's a good deadline. I hope it is too. I, I, nothing, nothing sucks more than a quiet trade deadline. It's just not, oh, it's yeah. just not fun. It's just not fun. So obviously I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors. Uh, that is liquid IV. Obviously they have all kinds of hydration stuff. You can use our code down there below the house call or the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast. Get yourself 25% off anything in your first order. That is anything at liquidiv.com. We also have our affiliates. I'm going to go ahead and name them off real quick. You can go to the affiliates link scrolling below. See all of our affiliates there. We have StubHub, whether it's sports, music, or theater. You can get the tickets you need for as low as $6. We have sportsmemorabilia.com. You want to get an authentic jersey just like the one that Ian's wearing or maybe get yourself an authentic goalie helmet just like the one I have here for my boy, for my Bruins team. You can go to sportsmemorabilia.com using our link. Get all the sports memorabilia stuff for the sports fan in your life, even if that sports fan is you. And our last one is Fubo TV. Whether it's live sports, TV shows, movies, whatever it may be, Fubo TV's got it for you. No cable, no satellite dish, standard monthly payment, and DVR included. Use our links. Help support the brand. We'll see you next time here on The House Call and specifically The Crease. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the House Call Update. I am Jake here giving you a preview of tonight's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Now, let's go 